What's happening, my brothers? What's up, JR? Greg and I are just on a heavy search here to find some something that was posted the other day. On about uh about there was a fight in the league episode 244 by the way uh there was a fight in the league that never occurred where the refs got involved and a fight in the league well there wasn't a happened. fight but there was an incident in the league where there was almost a fight two guys were squaring off and yep. the fight never occurred and i saw a clip of Paul I, Bissonette. I, yeah, I saw. Called, I called, saw. He called Gary Bettman. He's like, I want to see the fights happen. Refs stop getting in the way. And he called Gary Bettman, Kim Jong Bettman. What? And now I can't find the clip. Wait, here it is. Stop stopping fights. Never they must in be your, being told, but uh, there's no off. explanation if, for if, it. If Kim Jong Bettman's telling them to not allow them to fight, on behalf of me, tell them the fuck off. Hey, Biz told me you can go. Yeah. That is, is that? what's selling the games. Paul Bissonette. So Bissonette called Gary Kim Batman. Jong Bettman. Wow. Interesting. So how does that work? How does that work? Because, you know, Biz is one of the only guys who does say what he, you know, whatever he wants and gets away with it. But Biz works for the Coyotes. Biz works for TNT, which essentially works for the National Hockey League. And Biz had played, what, how many games in the league? A couple, a few hundred, maybe. Uh, I'll check yeah. That. Yeah. And, you know, he scored three goals or, you know, in the league. And, He's he's throwing. Oh, he had, he like had more than that because he had more than I did, I think. But go on, carry on. Okay, but but to, but to to throw daggers like that at the at the the guy who does control everything. I mean, you can call him what you want, but um, you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't see that being. Very, it shows, by the way, it shows how far Bisnet has come and how comfortable he is in in where he has put himself in terms of. Uh, media power um him and and wits um which you got to take their hat off to them they've worked their ass off and have, have created a, a, a niche for themselves but you start throwing daggers like that at Batman. sometimes you got to be careful this, who you talk about this is literally an entertainer who works within the league calling the god of the league Kim Jong Un. I, I let me. We've we've had this conversation, guys. What how it was when I was working on television, and the things that I couldn't talk about, the things that I couldn't say because the the laws were coming down from the NHL and the rules, and the rules were set with the with the heads of of the of the networks, and then passed down to us. And you know, but Biz even has an association with the Coyotes. Right, he he's yeah, well. how I I got I got fired for having fun about making fun of of my wife and and Catherine just you know pretending to be together in a, on a trip and I got fired and he's saying Kim Jong Un and he's saying all these things and the Coyotes keep him hired 
TNT keeps him hired. The National Hockey League lets him go on and represent. I mean, I love Biz. Don't get me wrong. I love him, but he's he's getting he's getting very uh, um, too big for his britches. Well, listen, the he's old worked hard. Ways. Listen, he's worked really hard. There's a lot of guys that worked hard, Jr. There's a lot of guys that put way more time and effort into their their job than Paul yep. Bissonette. Don't yep. get me wrong. I, I agree with you, JR. I think he's done a yep. really nice job promoting himself and, and doing stupid shit after the game of hockey, which stupid shit, stupid yep. things that are said, get followers, right? Because yep. the dirt is what sells. And, right. you know, Paul Bissonnette's done, done a really nice job. He's done a nice job yep. promoting himself. But don't these, bite the hand these, that feeds you, right? These things right here are are wow factors in a sense that um, it's probably going to go over the heads of, of many and they're not going to think too much about it. But I am telling you that Gary Bettman and his staff and the people that monitor all of these things around, you know, the National Hockey League and what's being said, this is not going to go over well. And, yeah, it, so, you know, listen, I mean, it. they don't want it to go public. They don't want anything to go public because it, it brings more um, limelight to that neg- negative, uh, you know, comment. But I'm wondering, you know, if they're going to have a, a conversation with Paul Bissonnette to basically say, listen, I mean, that is a no-no. That is a no-no. Yeah. You do it again, there's going to be reap- repercussions for you. Yeah, I, it was I, a terrible, it was a stupid comment. Yeah, I was very out of left field, and it kind of makes you wonder what, like, what is is Biz talking for the fan because that's who he's he's entertaining. Because obviously, we know how fans feel about commissioners in every sport, not just Gary. Um, is he is he speaking for the fan, or is there something behind what he feels about? and why he said that or how he feels that he controls everything and he just let it loose and you know and sometimes you get going i've done it before too you get going you just don't even realize what you're saying i just hope biz understands that that there's some places you can go and some places you can't and some people that you can that you can talk about and some people that probably are a good idea that you should just let slide by i i would have to say gary is one of those people that you should let slide by just, just me. Very much. So anyway, the, uh, Arizona coyotes having some difficulties with, um, you know, the, um, the city of where are they, where are they building the bi- building? Right, right in between, uh, the, the town of Tempe, Arizona Tempe state and, and, the, yeah. and, and the airport and the airport. Yeah, yeah, so they're having some issues with that. Did you read that about uh, the so noise the big, control? So the issues, and... Well, the issue the issue is not so much the noise control; it's the air traffic control, right? Because they're building this arena on on the 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 landing um, path of the air of the airplanes coming into the airport. Now, um, I wouldn't know who would have the the noise uh, complaints. Is it the city that the arena is going to have noise? There are airplanes flying over that thing every every thirty seconds. Um, is the airport is is the is the rink going to not want 
airlines flying over it all the time. I, I would noise would be the last thing that I would think would be the problem. Tempe, by the way, is one of the most rowdiest towns in all of college college towns. I mean, it's Arizona State for God's sakes. Bars everywhere. Kids up till three o'clock in the morning getting hammered uh, all over the place. It's a it's a fun party town and a great college town. N- a noise problem. That's that's the stupidest thing I ever heard of. If anything, it's it's the height of the building that interferes with the flight path of planes landing. I, I, I think tell you this what, whole thing should just be folded like a fucking tent and it's really too bad too. It's it's really too bad too because these players on the ice, and I'm glad we're actually kind of talking about the Coyotes because they are one of the teams in the National Hockey League who have very little um, in terms of star power. And they have nobody expects them to do anything yet. They go out every single night. They play as hard as any team in the National Hockey League. That doesn't matter who they're playing. They play the same every night and they give teams fits pretty much every night. And they have, especially coming down the stretch here, they're trying to beat teams and ruin their chances of, of, of getting playoff spots. And I mean, it's, and now they're getting their play and their work and what they've been able to achieve. This year, when no one thought they would be even win 10 games, now their front office and their management and, and their, their, their inadequacies as a team ownership is taking away from a, a job well done by the players on the ice. And it's so frustrating. It's, their management is absolutely, absolutely atrocious. It's too bad. They had a decent month of March. Uh, kind of come to a bit of a halt here lately, but they've had a decent month. Yeah, of March. But yeah, it, it's come to a halt, but they're playing games to. One yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm not. I'm not trying to go against your point. I'm. I'm. I'm just adding to the fact that you're right. They had a nice string of games there where they were, they were beating good teams, teams that needed points. You know. Yep. yep. Um. It's. It's. I. I just think they need to get rid of the. I've been saying this for years. Uh, enough with the experiment and i i don't know what it is i don't know what the league's obsession is with forcing arizona to work when there are there that's are, the biggest thing yes I don't i just that's the there's a massive question there and there's a secret obviously i think what money jr you're saying what money but the fucking they don't yeah, want to build a like what, what, they don't it's, generate it's explain money. it's money so first of all, Gary Bettman's put in so much time and effort into this team to just lift him up and move him and get rid of what could be to them another expansion leaks. Gary Bettman does not want to see failure of a team in a city because that brings down the, the franchise prices for these teams. Gary Bettman has worked so hard to try to get these, these, these um, team price tags up to 600 700 million. So what you're well, going Ottawa to do Senators with, are reportedly on sale for 750 for, million. But see that's what I mean and that's that's Gary Bettman's job for the 32 owners is to keep the, the the value of their team at an epic high. And if you let Arizona go and you just fold them or move them, one you've just lost a, a You've lost the, the ability to say that your your teams are successful and your league is 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 one hundred percent healthy. Number two, you move them to we're another talking, city. What you're saying makes sense, but but not when it worked with Winnipeg. 
like you took a, a franchise like Atlanta, who was, uh, I mean, I don't think in all the years that I played in the league and went to Atlanta, I don't think all the fans, if you added all the fans up to all those games, would even fill that building. So they never, it never worked. They moved them to Canada, back to Winnipeg, where Arizona, they went to Arizona of uh, the fucking irony of that. And it it's working. I mean, I don't know if it's working, working, but I mean, it's working. They have a packed rank there. Everybody, all the, all the guys in the league that go to Winnipeg are like, that's a tough place to play on the road. Why wouldn't they move them? Well, I just, I don't yeah, understand it's, it. It's hard. I, and listen, I'm, I'm in agreement with you guys. Listen, mm-hmm. I, you know, I've lived there for 25 years. I've seen that. I've seen the decline of, of the, the team in terms of its management. Um, you know, and obviously it's, it's playoff, uh, playoff appearances, but you know, again, Gary has put in so much time. The league has put so much money into that team to support that team. It's he's, and you know, it's, I think it's, I think it's a Gary ego and a, a league ego thing with Phoenix. I really do. That Arizona. It's, but does he feel does. that way because everybody else is fitting the bill for for Arizona Coyotes? Like they they're losing an ungodly amount of money every year. Even back, even way back when I played twenty five years ago, they were losing money hand over fist. They were they went bankrupt. I think um, they claimed bankruptcy oh, in several two thousand two thousand nine. The league has the league has carried their payroll. Like it's the guys that they have coming in here that the taking over the coyotes, what are they taking it over for? Do they want to develop and build hockey in Arizona or do they want to, or do they want to try and squeeze some money out of this thing? So that's it. So that's, that's the key right there, Riff. Okay. Now I will tell you if they, if the Arizona coyotes do not get the, the okay and all the permitting and the go ahead to build this building, they will be gone. It will be gone faster. It will be moved faster than you can shake a stick. Okay. Because this team has just acquired its fourth owner since 2000, since 2000. Fourth. Okay. Now he took it over for a reason. Now the guy who owns the team now is not a hockey fan. He's a, I believe he's Cuban. He's a developer. He knew nothing about hockey. He bought this team specifically to build an arena and to build an entertainment complex and have a big, uh, big entertainment mecca for himself in in Arizona with the team just playing there. That's it. And Gary is is trying to allow this guy to who put his money down to have his opportunity to build his his baby and see what happens there and then then all that money comes in possibly but, but that's is why he building is he taking all of his money and building the buildings and the entertainment platforms around the building yeah. for to basically sell the building out for you know concerts and everything else like are the well, are the I mean, coyotes part it. of his future i mean he's a billionaire and billionaires make money because they use other people's money to make money. And I think this is a, yes, he is using some of his money, but the fact of the matter is he didn't buy the team because he loves hockey for his love for the team. And to tell you the truth, I don't think he even gives a shit about the team. He wants 
buildings. He wants hotels. He wants restaurants. He wants entertainment centers. He wants to build a, you know, what makes money and in real estate, and that's projects. And I think Gary is is letting him have his opportunity. But if this building doesn't go in in Tempe, I'm telling you right now, Gary's going to pull the shoot. I, I think he's going to he's going to move the team. Where where do you think where is the go? next yeah where's the next venue for an NHL NHL team? Well, thinking right real quick off the hop, it would be Houston or Kansas City. Those are the two places that you would have to think that are still West Coast where they can stay in the West and keep the keep the Western Conference, Eastern Conference equal at 16 teams each. Um there were not many other places that have the population or the or the structure to to have a team. I don't like either of those choices. You don't like either? I don't. Why why not Houston? I mean, Houston <sighs> supported Houston has supported a minor league team for years and years and years in the Houston Arrows. Um, yeah, I know. I just don't, I just don't know. And you know, right here where I am, um, it's not a huge sports town in, in general. I, I'm sorry, but when I think hockey, I just don't think Houston. What about uh, Quebec? Yeah, they, like, why are we not talking about Quebec Nordiques? Because, because the Quebec dollar. Nordiques. No, no, because, because Gary Bettman has a thorn in his side for the city and the people that tried to bully him to get a team back. Um, what was, what was the guy's name that, uh, that, or the Pete, the, the guys who were up in uh, Quebec wanted a team and Gary wasn't giving them a team. So you know what they did? They went and they built a stadium, an arena, yep. Yep. 20, that 20,000 seat arena to try to coerce and, and bully Batman into bringing a team back to Quebec. Now, I question whether the Montreal Canadiens want a team in Quebec. Uh, you would know better than me, Rib. Would, <laughs> would the ownership want a team in, in Quebec City that close? Taking I think they would. I, I, listen, yeah. Montreal Canadiens are a cash cow. They have mm-hmm. the biggest building in the National Hockey League at what? 21273 Well, they sell out every game. Their ticket prices are are very high, but people are, it's not corporate. It's not like Toronto Maple Leafs where you go to a game and you're watching on TV and the first 15 rows of around the glass, no one's sitting yeah. there. They, that's because yeah, right. it's all corporate. They're all underneath drinking their booze and they're all, you know, smoozing their clients and uh, mm-hmm. for their companies and stuff like that. In Montreal, it's different. It's, it's the people are paying the ticket prices. Okay. It would be the, without question, the number one rivalry in the NHL immediately the first day that Quebec gets a franchise. Well, the problem yeah. too is, uh, with Quebec that I remember hearing people say is there just there aren't the, and 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 a lot of the small markets deal with this too. I know. I mean, just I don't know if the if the corporate dollars are in Quebec average household salary also i mean you got to look at that also because you know to bring another team in there to have all that you know these high ticket prices you know that's one of the reasons why they left in the first place was because that financially people couldn't afford to go to the games but i will tell you the number one reason why they're not there is because they tried to bully gary into into coercing him to to 
bring a team there. And Gary did not like that at all. Maybe that's what's going to happen with the Ottawa Senators. Maybe that's what happens. You already have a rank. Sell them and move them because that's that's not a market either. That's I'm sorry. Okay, well I know it's Canada. Well, thing, I know it's Pete. Canada and it's the nation's capital. But at the end of the day, that doesn't mean they need to have a fucking hockey team because the yeah. situation that they put there with the Corral Center when it was the Corral Center was the first name of the rink way out in Canada. The same versus- thing happened with Arizona. Same thing with Arizona. Same problem. Same mistake. They put the building where you can't bring and attract people. People don't want to go out there. It's not even, it's not even the arena too. It's like, and and it's where it's at. It's the way they built the highway around the arena. There's only one way of getting out. Do you remember after the games, like we would have to sit there for an extra hour in the dressing room because they would say, listen, I mean, you got 20,000 people getting in their cars and you only have one highway to get out of there. So it takes extra long. We would always sit in the dressing room kind of like, and not rush to, to, to get into the shower or get in so we can get on our plane and get out of Dodge. Right. Rip, rip. It always it's took the, extra long. It's and the it, same thing. It was Phoenix. a terrible there's one, choice. There's one highway to bring it out there. Well, if you go in, in Arizona, you can't go East because it's all housing, right? It's all side streets. And there's only one highway that you can get on to get out. So, so it's the same in Arizona. It's the same in Ottawa. And you know where else it's the same? It's in Florida. Where that building is in Florida is literally, oh. literally way out in plantation that it's, it's amongst a bunch of houses right on the Florida Expressway. I remember and talking to, uh, who, who I, played, I played with Rob Niedermeyer in New Jersey and I asked him about playing in Florida or in the early years. Like JR, you were in the fucking league. They were in Miami, were they not? Miami. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it was and he said it was unbelievable. And he doesn't understand why they ever put the rink way out there because the players that would have gone to play for, for Florida Panthers, if they were still in Miami, be the best team in the league for probably ever since they came in the league. But there's just nothing out there. It's like, I can't, it's a sports facility. That is amongst some place where there's really not many sports fans of that nature. What what are these people thinking in terms of their, <laughs> you know, planning? It's just bad management, man. It's bad planning. I just don't understand. Um, you know, what are some of the teams that some of the places that have great attendance? Right. That's, I mean, Philadelphia Flyers. They they get great attendance. Uh, the city that the team is downtown. It's right in all the football stadiums there, the baseball stadiums there, the hockey arenas there. You know, it's it's like the sports mecca. You know, it's these. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously it's a big sports town, yes, but you know, when you surround arena in a sporting environment, you want people are going to go and they're going to celebrate it. I I want to I want to turn the tables here. I want to go in a direction since we're just absolutely shredding everything right now and so pissed off. I want to talk about how pissed off I am about <laughs> losing my shit last night, losing my shirt, my underwear, everything with these games. The Boston Bruins have Nashville. Fucking Nashville. They've been on a long road trip. This night. Boston Bruins has lost three times, three times this year in their building. Three. Mm-hmm. 
I bet I bet Boston last I, night. I what do, do they do? They fucking get they get beat by Nashville. Nashville. Okay. And they then get, all of a they sudden get shut out. Shut out. Listen, and then you have Carolina Hurricanes that are that are absolutely on fire right now. Tampa Bay Lightning suck ass balls. What do I do? I bet Carolina. What happens? Four nothing spanking at home. How's that even possible? But then don't worry about it because I bet another game, which is almost a guarantee. You have the Pittsburgh Penguins that know that they're in the second wild card. They need this game against Detroit Red Wings. Are you kidding me? Crosby, Malkin, so you bet the Getzel, Penguins and you and have you're rust. Rooting. So you bet the Penguins and in re- you deserve yes, that. I did. Fucking okay. dickhead. Yeah, because, shut your mouth. Because you come on this show. No, 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 no. Hold on, Jr. Hold on. You come on this show. I did too. Thanks, that's JR. Fine. But that's fine. That I have no problem with that because you didn't come on this show yesterday and say we need we need Pittsburgh Penguins here to lose against Detroit and then lose against Nashville on Thursday and you Buffalo. Know what I need more. Like you, the Sabers to get into the playoffs, you need to fill the bank account. <laughs> I need to go with I need to go with guarantees. And then all of a sudden, the best one. <laughs> this is the best one. This is the best one of all of them. Oh my! It's God. the last game of the night. Do you know what the last game of the night was? There's Jared? a traitor in Calgary, our midst. Calgary, Calgary, LA. Wasn't it Calgary, no, LA? No, no. Vegas, Win Edmonton. Winnipeg. Vegas, Edmonton. Yeah. Winnipeg Jets yeah. are going into the worst team in the league that only has nine wins at home. Only nine wins at home, Jr. <laughs> the worst team in the league. The Winnipeg Jets need this game. They have Calgary, who is nine points out, like literally a week and a half ago. Now they're two points out. But I need Winnipeg to win. Well, I am what happened. Three nothing. <laughs> Three nothing. The worst team in the league is beating little, you know, Wheeler, Shifley, Connor, Dubois. Like, oh my God, what the hell? How are these teams that are, that are, I'm going to tell you right now, Winnipeg is not going to make the playoffs. Winnipeg's not going to make the playoffs because Calgary Flames right now, they've got their shit together and they've been playing some hockey. Winnipeg's going to get knocked out. And if you remember back a a month and a half ago, Petey, we're talking about the, the Winnipeg Jets. I think they were second in the Western conference. How did they fall off? Yeah, That's exactly right, Riv. We were talking about them. We were like, holy cow. I actually said that they could be the dark horse of the West. And now all of a sudden they're struggling. To but what's even going on, JR? What's going on? Pittsburgh Penguins losing that game? What's going on? Like, you know what I thought at the end of it? I was super irritated. Oh my God. You can believe how irritated I, I am losing these games. Okay. At the same time, this is what I thought about. Gary Bettman two months ago was asked on, I think it was live TV or whatever. He was asked about teams that are tanking. They're tanking for Connor Bedard, one of the greatest hockey players. Okay. To come, come along since Connor McDavid and Gary Bettman flat out said, none of our teams are tanking. Not one of our teams are tanking. And you know what Petey and I did the next day? We laughed our ass off. We were literally belly laughing going, okay, Gary, no one's tanking. (laughs) Listen, no one's tanking. 
What is going on with these bottom teams in the league? I don't know. Columbus. JR, no one Columbus. is tanking. Chicago Players Blackhawks. don't tank, Craig. Players don't tank. Like, I, and I don't think Mike Greer is tanking. I think Mike Greer is rebuilding, and that that franchise is where it's at because they were on top for so many years that this is where this is what happens when you are on top. But I don't. Players don't tank. Period. Management do you, will. Do you, I, okay, so are, do you think collectively as these organizations go along, so you have Anaheim who sits the third worst team in the league at 56 points, San Jose's 31 at 55 points, and Chicago is last at 54 points. So there's a two-point change between these three teams. Do you know the difference between pick number one and pick number three? Do you know how fucking big it is? We're talking a legit Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, insanely game-changing organizing player that's yeah. available. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to tell Organizing organization saviors. How, yeah. how, how? Right now, are you not maybe doing your best to kind of? There's, there's what, eight games? They have eight games left in the season. Anaheim and San Jose and Chicago all have the same amount of games. Well, let's, let's, let's kind of dissect it a little bit because I totally agree players don't tank for lots of reasons. There's a lot of guys that are playing on those teams that are playing for jobs next year. And do you think some of those, those guys that are in the third, fourth line that know that if a Connor Bedard comes on their team, that's one less spot that is going to be available for one of those guys. Now, it's it's one spot, but there's five or six guys vying for that spot that are playing right now that might not be there next year, and they don't give a shit about Tanky. They don't give a shit about Connor Bernard. They just want their job next year. And I do believe, hey, listen, in management, maybe in the locker room and the coaches and, and the GMs are saying, hey, listen, we need to put some less talent on the ice, but those less talent guys are going on the ice and fighting for a job for next year. They are fighting to get their name seen. They are fighting to get noticed. They are fighting to prove themselves and they are going to do whatever it takes. And so I totally agree on the players aspect. Um, but if I'm a GM sitting up in the, in, in the, in the press box, watching these games, knowing that I have a chance to get counter Bernard Every time my team scored, I would throw a I throw a glass against the wall, like <laughs> motherfucker, motherfucker. Well, um, you you but, guys you guys talk about teams tanking and losing. Let's talk about a team that's trending the other way at the right time after making some massive moves. Can anyone guess who it is? Edmonton. You have Boston. Well, no, we'll talk about Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He's going to get a hundred points this year. But I, I was thinking of two teams, Petey. Yeah, two teams, and I don't know. if... There are two teams that are already in the playoffs. I would assume that you're you're talking about, right? Okay. Because because there's all, there's really there's not a race really in the East. I mean, in the West. I mean, Calgary could catch Winnipeg, yes, but Calgary's, I mean, I see, Calgary's creeping up. Calgary, they get in the playoffs. Yeah, that's think, a team, but that's not the team I was thinking about. No, no, but it, the team is in the playoffs, right? Securely yes, that you're yes. thinking of. So I would think of two teams. I would think of Minnesota and New York Rangers that have just been like lightening up as of late. I was and thinking nobody talks of, about I was thinking of one team, not two, but one team, and it was the New York Rangers. 
Yeah. Oh. Minnesota has quietly, without any attention on them, crept up to the top, you know, to the second place in, in the Western Conference. I mean, yeah, they're first in the Central right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the Rangers, everybody was questioning, you know, all the, some of the moves that they made. Is Patrick Kane really going to, because Patrick's not doing anything. Patrick's not doing anything. But it takes a couple weeks, and all of a sudden you get into that that groove, and everybody starts feeling comfortable with each other. That team is dangerous, man. They are. You're right, and they have been they've been playing good. Hockey I think lately. there's a few teams right now that make me really nervous, and everybody's talked about how great the Eastern conferences: Boston, Carolina, New Jersey, the Rangers, Toronto, um, Tampa Bay. But when you go and look at the Vegas Golden Knights in the last ten games, they're eight and two. When you mm-hmm. go and look at the LA without King, Stone, without Stone, without Stone, with LA Kings seven one and two, Minnesota seven one and two, Edmonton eight one and two, Colorado nine and one. Oh, the West has just gotten stronger. Just and woke up. I mean that to me. You know, you look at Carolina Hurricanes are five or four, five, five and one. New Jersey four, four and two. <clears throat> you know, this is. Uh, I mean, we thought that uh, the Eastern Conference was going to be the team uh, or the the side that was just going to run through the West, and it's not even going to be a you know a competition. But let we, me tell are you, we ta- are we take are we retracting those statements? Like everyone was saying, what team in the West could beat the Boston Bruins? Yeah, because everyone I mean, Boston's Boston. got a. Boston, they are having a world-class season, no question. But let me tell you, one or two injuries in a playoff situation, you get a team that has a super crazy hot goaltender that steals games, and and they're able to kind of win games and smother Boston's offense. Like, I mean, Boston can be beat. Boston can be beat. That's my feeling. Um, they've had an 82 game schedule or up to this point, 74 game schedule that has just been incredible. And they're almost kind of like on co- cruise control right now because well, that's you know, not they would have won last night. Here's the other thing about that's Boston. What Tampa Bay did and they lost to off, Columbus, in the, or Columbus in the first round. They hit that's cruise control. Exactly. Petey. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. 128 points. The Tampa Bay lightning got, I can't remember what year it was like 2019, I think. And they, uh, they 18, shredded the 18, league. 18, they shredded yeah, the league. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Incredible 82-game schedule, 128 points. They go into the first round against a team that barely got in, and they lost four straight to Columbus yeah. Blue Jackets? I think that was Boston 16, Bruins. Yeah, 16, 17. Boston yep. Bruins can be beat. I'm telling yeah. you this right now, there's a lot of strength in the Eastern Conference, Carolina, New Jersey, the Rangers are on fire right now. Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, as much as Tampa Bay absolutely has uh, hit a hit oh, a no. wall, they can turn their season around in one game because they're well, look so at last night. Look at dominant. last night. They go in, right. they go in and beat Carolina. In Carolina, they go in and win four nothing. I mean, it's such a dangerous team. You you haven't played as much as they have over the last four years, and not be dangerous with the guys they have in that team. I would not want to play Toronto, uh, Tampa in the first round without question, um, because they can tur- they can turn it on and off in the blink of an eye. Um, 
And it's, it's, it's again, just like we're watching some of these teams play well, is it more frustrating for you watching a team like Florida absolutely shit the bed right when they're on the cusp of making the playoffs and now to look at like they're going to, they're going to be game done. losing streak. Like this team put a surge on in the month of March. That was unbelievable. Like they were way behind the Sabres and now they're, they just forge forward, put themselves in a really good situation to make the playoffs. And now the last, and then, this is what I'm talking about. The last four games, they've lost the last four games. It's, it's just like you're scratching be, your head. The teams that they should, they should be beating. And especially when you're on that cusp of making the playoffs and just making it so much easier. Do you, do you guys believe that um, the teams that cruise in, like Boston's going to cruise in, Carolina's going to cruise in, we're talking about these teams that aren't playing so well right now because they're looking to, for the playoffs to start. You guys, and, and I, this is a question that's asked to me all the time. Do you think that teams that that rally towards the end of the season that play their best hockey because they're battling for the playoffs have a uh, an advantage over teams 100%. that probably Des- rest, desperation rest. versus dirt versus security? And it's and interesting, comfort. but Jerry, you played on a President's Trophy team or two, didn't you? I played on three of them. Okay. Okay. Even stronger to my point. How'd you guys do in the playoffs? We lost twice. In the what first rounds? Round. First. Third time we went to the third round. Well, Riv, Riv made a great point in terms of what, of getting to the playoffs. And anybody can beat the Bruins because you run into either a hot goaltender. When, when I when in San Jose in 2008, 2009, we were the number one team in the league by far, and we played Anaheim in the first round. And Jonas Hiller, who was, I think, one or two years in the league at the time, absolutely stood on his fucking head and beat us pretty much by himself in the first round. I mean, San Jose, we had a team. I mean, you know, Riv, you know how good you weren't there at the time because you got traded. But our team in 2009 was insane. It was, um, yeah, I and, felt bad for you guys, <laughs> but yeah, I know. <laughs> I think we could have used, I think we could have used a solid, a solid big time defenseman in the Craig Rivet. We could have used yeah, big time, sure. but anyway, Rib is exactly right. Uh, in 1991, Chicago Blackhawks, we go into Minnesota and we run into a, another hot cold tender in, 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 in Casey. And we took so many penalties. You know, Dave Manson, I think, had 75 minutes in penalties in one round. And we we ended up losing the first round in Minnesota. And I remember being so dejected that I was walking off the ice after losing in the first round, getting embarrassed. And I looked up in the stands and there's this little nine-year-old laughing at me. And he threw a hot dog at me, hit me right <laughs> in the head. I swear to God, he threw a hot dog at me. And uh, I was like talking about adding insult to injury. I didn't say anything. I just walked up the jet, up the alleyway back to the locker room being like, this is one of the worst experiences I've ever had in, in hockey. Most dejected ever. Losing yeah. the first round President's Cup trophy and getting hit <laughs> in the head with a hot dog by a nine-year-old. JR, <laughs> do you remember in 2008, we were the we were the favorites. San Jose was the favorites to win the Stanley Cup that year. Yep. Do you remember who we, we lost a, to in the in the second round? Dallas. And we four lost to and Dallas. Half, four, five five overtimes. Four overtimes. It was that was a oh, 
we had to, we should have won that series. Boston Bruins Trophy. last night could have clinched the President's Trophy with the win at home, at home, where they've only <laughs> lost three friggin' times. Nashville Predators. They could have beat Nashville Predators to clinch. <laughs> really? Well, again, Boston, look at, look at Boston, after all these years, are still sticking it to me, man. <laughs> God, Boston. And you know what? That could have been a trap game because look at Nashville. They're fighting. They're fighting for their playoff lives. And that's what's Boston's happening. Just cruising on, they cruising beat, on uh, they beat somebody else last week. Uh, that, that, that another big team. They, they, we talked about them on the player cast too. And look at Calgary now. Calgary's roaring up the stand. They had a couple. Calgary shoot. was nine, nine or 10 points out of a playoff spot. Now they're two. But here's the thing the Nashville Predators, an interesting hockey team, because they hold their own destiny. They hold their own destiny. They have, they have two games in hand. And if they win both those games, they're going to have 86 points and they're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to own a playoff position with all with Calgary, Winnipeg, and Nashville all having the same games. So they hold their own destiny. If they if they win, they're going to make the playoffs. That's what it's all about right now. What, what does Seattle What does Seattle look like right now? Do they look? I think they have five a five point cushion right now. They have five point cushion. Uh, and I think Se- listen, five Seattle- points on Calgary and two games in hand on everybody. So, so Seattle can hold it, holds their own, own destiny too, right there to hold that playoff spot. That'd be a good, that'd be a good story too, having them in the playoffs. But wow, yeah, so you have five, seven, fourteen points. Like, I mean, you know, Seattle needs Seattle needs about four more wins, and they're 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 clinching a playoff spot. They have nine games to go. If they win, if they win five of those, they're they're hundred percent in. I oh, have a ahead. question for Jr. Let's Tom hear it. McDavid's number one at one hundred and forty three points. Leon Draisaitl is number two at one hundred and sixteen points. Nugent Hopkins sits number six in NHL scoring with ninety six points. Has there wow. ever been? A number one, two, and three top score in the NHL, all from one team. I don't think so. I can't. I, I the only team I would think of would do that was Pittsburgh back yeah, in the or, early nineties, or Lemieux. Edmonton in the eighties. Yeah, that's or it. Edmonton. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Probably no, Edmonton. no other team would have. Do you know? No. Do you know if there's been a number one and two? Well, yes. Mario and Mario and Yager, Moore and Yager, uh, Gretzky, Curry, had La, La, La Cavalier Curry, and, Curry. I don't think was close. Was La Cavalier in St. Louis up there one like pretty close to one and two one year? They okay. were that was up there, but it's it's very rare, man. It's very rare. And you know, was, I'm always I'm always bitch slapping Brian Nugent Hopkins, but he's he's had his hell a hell of a year this year. That kid. Listen, so Petey's put throwing a big turd sandwich on Nugent Hopkins. To start the year, because did he not just sign a contract yes. recently? Yes. And and at that time, when we were talking about, I think it's like, what, a seven or eight year contract? You know, he's always to been. Eight for eight, maybe, or something no, like six times no, eight? No, 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 It was eight for like five and a half. Oh. It was it was something, uh, let me, uh, 
Let me look yeah, he's him not up here. Eight. What am I he's making about? 5.125. Yeah, and he was making six before that, right? Yes. Yes, that's that's right. And and when we were talking about him, Petey, like his average is 5.125. And it's almost kind of like when we were talking about him at the start of the year, it was almost like, you know, I don't know. That, is that a really good contract? Like, is it a good contract? It actually, the numbers seem good, but the length of the contract and he hasn't really kind of been. Well, I, re- I know what I said. Exactly. I said the, they had to sign him because no one else wants to go there and play. Yeah. Okay. That's what I said. I don't yep. think it was about Nugent. Hopkins. Well, I wasn't, I, I, I've never been a Ryan Nugent Hopkins fan. I never have. I've never thought he was worth the money that he was given until this year. I mean, I, he, to me, he's been an underachiever in terms of where he was drafted and ex- expectations, but this year, the guy, yeah, he's had some solid seasons, Jr. Like one season, he had 24 goals, 48 points and 62 games. So he still had 20 games left. Um, Another season, he had 28 goals and 69 points. Another one, 22 goals, 61 points and 65 games. Like, he's had some pretty solid seasons. Like, it's not like yeah. he's been a complete mutt. Um, no, he hasn't. Has he, no, he hasn't. has he lived up to the standard of, of a first overall pick? Um, probably not. But, you know, he's going to hit 100 points this year. I mean. Yeah, and good for him, man. And yeah. Good for him. Yeah. yeah, good for him. I, I I like that, and you know, and obviously, you, you, when you do sign that contract for less money than you made before, something something's going awry. Now, well, but, you know what's awesome about that that contract is you know he came off he came off a fifty point season in sixty three games, so he was on pace for a sixty sixty five point season last year. Um, you know. If he would have tested the open market, if he would have tested unrestricted free agency, could he have got more than five point one two five million dollars? And the answer is, I I think he I think he would have. With the statistics I, of the last I, five years, I, I think he would have. I don't. I don't think he would have. That's I go, don't go around the league right now and t- tell me the players that are making five point one two five. Like I mean, they're they're third line players. Third line players no, are, are making that money. It, it definitely, definitely the the the, cha- it, the standards have changed for salaries. That is for yeah. sure. I mean, um, I mean, your top players in the league are making uh, 10, 11, and and twelve plus million dollars. Then you have your next tier, your your top end uh, forwards on and defense, like your one, two, three. Um, your top two lines are making you know nine, eight, seven. And then your your third line guys, you know, guys like Char- Charlie Coyle from Boston, guys like that type of player are third line guys, and they're making they're making five million dollars, five point five million dollars. Yeah. Like, so well, I think he could have made more on the open market. But you know what's awesome about this is it shows that he wants to stay in uh, in in Edmonton. Edmonton, yeah. JR, one one thing I want to ask you before we get out of here. One t- one city in the league that you never had fun in. Never, never had one ounce of fun in Carolina because we stayed at a NBC Suites out in the middle of nowhere, and the only the only fun thing to do was walk to the mobile station, <clears throat> to the mini mart, and 
you know, get chips and salsa to bring back and watch a movie. That's it. Room service. It was awful. JR, is that the hotel that when you come out of your room, you can look over the balcony and look to the bottom? Yep. There's, there's that's, big, the, that's where I broke the toilet with Koivu. Oh, that's the one, eh? Yeah. yeah. You want to hear something about that hotel? It, it, JR, so when you walk uh, into your room, you, do you, do you have a common you, area? Yeah. And then you walk down area. the hall and then you're into the and far the bedroom. And then yeah. in the middle is where the bathroom is. Yeah. In the, yeah. How did you where break I, the bathroom? Have you never heard this story? Come on. Really? I've never, I've never heard. I'm no, not I've telling it. I'm not telling the story. I can't tell it. You have to go and you have to go and listen to that episode. I will find that episode and send it to you because the story's too long. And it's Zach who hasn't, he hasn't talked to me since, but not a big deal. That hotel. I love it. We it. lost to Carolina in game seven of the conference finals, and they went on to win the Stanley Cup in 2005, 2006. The next year, I don't know if we started the year in Carolina or if we opened, if they had their home opener in Carolina, but when we rolled in at the start of the year, they had chocolates <clears throat> on our beds. Do you know what those chocolates were shaped like? I swear to God, I can't make this up. Now, maybe it's just a coincidence because we're in Carolina and it's a common thing to do when the weather's nice. Golf balls. They had golf ball chocolates on our fucking pillows. How about that, eh? <laughs> That's funny. I, the, the one crazy thing that happened to me in Carolina is there was a snowstorm and we had to, we, we everything shut down. Everything. Tony and, Tony and Monty and I were in a, a, a movie theater we were the only two in the theater and it had been snowing now for a couple hours. We didn't know what was going on outside. The manager came in, stopped the movie, told us we had to leave because the manager had to lock up and go home. We had no way to get back to the hotel. And it is a down, I mean, a blizzard in Carolina. And we're outside in front. And luckily at Morton's, I took a bunch of matches. We went to Morton's for dinner and I took the matches from the front desk, uh, from the hostess table. <clears throat> And I lit the garbage can on fire because we were freezing. We had to wait two hours for the hotel van to come get us. And we're in front of it. I lit two garbage cans up and I thought we were gonna die. Swear to God. And we didn't play. We didn't play the next night. We got stranded in the hotel. They ran out of food. They ran out of booze in the hotel. They the, the maids didn't come for two days. And we played the game at eleven o'clock in the morning, uh, three days, two, two and a half days later, in front of 25 people in Carolina. What an awful experience that was. Awful. Terrible place to have a hockey team as well, by the way. Good team. I think it's actually pretty good. Sometimes when you go to the arena, you remember that, driving to the rink, how everybody was uh, tailgating. Yeah. Remember that in Carolina? I thought their fans are awesome, man. I mean, you're out there. They've got kids flying around on rollerblades, playing, playing hockey. You had Mm -hmm. tons and tons and tons of people that were, were starting to uh, tailgate when we went for morning skate. And this is at Mm -hmm. like what? 10, 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that's right. I thought their fans were their fans. When they go they're they're in it. They're, they're, they're I did I did I did fun, segments so. I did segments for television for playoffs I was I was tailgating with the fans there you're exactly right that's a wrap on another episode of after the whistle don't forget to follow us on Twitter after the whistle and at Craig Reve 52 at the instigator 76 
And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.